0: there how's it going welcome back to screen speak it is the podcast that's all about movies life and so much more i'm jordan anderson this is my podcast and i am thankful and grateful that you have decided to come by and give today's episode a listen if you have not done one of these things already please go ahead and do one or all of them preferably all would actually be good because then maybe i stop asking as much but then who am i kidding i want this thing to continue to grow so i'm probably going to keep asking it And here's, here's the ask that I got to do. First, Instagram, you pull up Instagram, you search screen speak, you find screen speak and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is that podcast I listened to. And that guy just told me to do this. So he told me to follow it. So, so then you hit the follow button. That's all you got to do. Then after you are done following the podcast on Instagram, you go to the computer or you go do it on your phone. I don't really care. Go pull up Facebook search for screen speak. You're like, Hey, this is just like Instagram, except it's a community page on here. And I can talk about movies and podcasts and whatever the hell I want to with other people that like this sort of thing. Boom. I'll go ahead and request to join this group. That's all you got to do. So please do one or both of those things. And of course, the most important plug I have to put in is to just follow and download episodes of this podcast, Screen Speak. So whether you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, whatever podcast platform it is that you're doing, please, please go ahead and do uh, do the follow button, hit the follow button, and also download episodes of this podcast. Okay, plugs are done. Whew. I always got to take a drink after I do that. I got to take a sip uh, of the water because it's like... You know, you, you just verbal, verbal vomit all that advertisement out there and you're just like, ugh, I guess you, you need a break. So give yourself a break for a second, here from my voice and uh, just, just wait one, one second. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> That's better. How's everybody doing out there? Are we doing good? We doing okay? Happy? Are we healthy? Uh, are we thrilled that we're in September already? Hard, hard to believe. Kind of crazy. But I don't know, is it, is it really hard to believe like when people say people always say that, they're just like, my goodness,' it's, it's already September. And you're just like, what's, what's the surprise? What, what was the month that came that came prior? Was it August? Pretty sure it was August. And, and how long have you been alive for? Oh okay, so you're, you're not an infant any longer, so you probably know that September's around the corner, therefore, why is it a surprise? Look. I sound kind of passive aggressive there, even a little bit cynical or jaded or whatever. It, it's just because like, I, I don't do that small talk stuff, the small talk chit chat, you know, just like, Hey, how's the, how's the weather going? My, it sure is a warm summer. <laughs> all, all that crap. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't really do it. So when I hear people say, it, I'm just like, Ugh, like, like we get it. Like you really have nothing else, uh, a little more wholesome to talk about than that. I don't know. I, I sound very judgmental when I say that. I, I just I don't really like it. But we go we go full circle and we come back to the point I said where we're in September and yeah, it's September. Um, I hope everybody September is going well. Uh, things on my end they're they're progressing. I am going to be married before the church here in uh, just a couple weeks. It's uh, it's gonna be here pretty pretty quickly. So. It's actually been quite busy for me, so that is one of the reasons why there hasn't been a more recent episode posted. Um, still waiting on a couple of guests to get their uh, get their commitment, get them the book to the podcast. We're playing around with some dates, so more guests are coming. But in the meantime, you're going to get some solo episodes from yours truly, uh, Jordan Anderson, the guy that's talking right now. Uh, about movies so we're we're gonna continue to do that and I am also in a little bit of disbelief in seeing that this is part five part five of the movie collection because I couldn't just seem to do it in one part it would have seemed a little crazy because I have a lot of movies and and and, you know and sorry I'm just thinking out loud here for a second to me I'm looking at all my movies right now and it's not really that much comparatively to other collectors that I follow out there online. But to a lot of other people, it may seem like a lot. And clearly it is for the sake of a podcast because when I talk about all these things in collection series, uh, in a collection series of episodes, it was really hard for me to try to do this in one. So I've been spacing this out, but... Uh, I did say I'm going to, con- con- you know, complete the series of of movie collection uh, episodes, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know then make it happen. Just gonna do it. So I'm gonna pick up where I left off. If you have not listened to the last few episodes that I did talk about the movie collection on, uh, just go back through Screen Speak on there. You'll see movie collection part one, two, three, four, uh, and what what the heck did I say I'm on right now? See, it's hard for me to figure it out. Part five part five. So that's where we're at. That's what you're listening to right now. So if you collect physical media, you love movies, you love collecting movies, talking about movies, you have come to the right place. So right now, I'm going to take the movies that I have in front of me here that are continuing on with my collection. And I'm just going to go rapid fire, go through what I think about these movies and and hopefully have some fun along the way. So strap in. uh, I'm going to talk about some movies at great length. So here we go. All right, I'm picking up a pile right now. So I'm starting with the letter N because yes, I do alphabetize my movies on the shelf. I am OCD about that. Starting with Napoleon Dynamite on Blu-ray. Uh, actually, I was you know I was. Hang on, I gotta I gotta clear the throat before I go through that uh, terrible John Heater impersonation. Tina, you fat lark, can get some dinner. And th- that's as good as you're going to get. Napoleon Dynamite. Um, this is a movie that I have a, a lot of, of thoughts with and a little bit of actual personal history with. To, to hear my full thoughts on that, you can go back to the episode that I recorded all about this. Uh, but I used to hate this movie. I used to hate this movie, despise it, for a long time because I would get comparisons with the main guy, Napoleon, because I was a little socially awkward and monotone. Uh, low self-confidence, bit of a dork, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of similarities that I'm sure many people can relate to. But at the time when the movie came out, it was really popular. And so for somebody that was in that stage of their life, it's like a living hell being compared to that. So it wasn't great. But then over the years, I started to really appreciate this movie for what it was, uh, appreciate the heart at the center of the movie. Uh, and really enjoyed a lot of the subtle kind of quirky comedy in it. Uh, and so that's why I own the movie. And I was also fortunate that when I talked about this on the podcast, I got to go to a screening of the movie and and meet the main cast uh, of the movie, John Heater and Edgar. Uh, I, was not, I was about to say, I was about to say uh, Edgar Wright for some reason. Uh, Efren Ramirez, uh, John Grise. And yeah, I think that's. Yeah, those th- yeah those three guys. So the the main main cast essentially Napoleon, uh, Pedro, and Uncle Rico. Those were the characters in the movie I got to meet. So that was that's definitely one of the the highlights of me meeting anybody marginally famous or or famous. So uh, yeah, that's it. Napoleon Dynamite. All right, let's see. Got Narc uh, on Blu-ray, which. This is not an easy movie to come by. I'll just let you. I'll just let you know right now. I don't actually think that there is a regular English print of this movie. The one I found is a Spanish import, but it is still in English. Um, but it's it's a it's a Jason Patrick Ray Liotta movie. Uh, Ray Liotta, rest in peace. Uh, I always heard that this was one of his more uh, well um, well praised. Well, well praised in the sound right critically praised performances let's just call it that it was supposed to be one of his like top tier performances in his career and i would say after watching it i, c- I could understand why uh he plays a questionable uh, potentially shady cop but there's actually a lot more um to there's a lot more to meet the eye than than what's on the surface of of his character in this movie and and i really appreciated what he did for the movie um, and this is just a cool movie to have in the collection because, as I said, there's only a DVD of this. They haven't made a, a, a US uh, Blu ray for this. So I, I actually got lucky and, and found this at a, at a local thrift shop for, for used books and movies and that sort of thing. And I picked it up for, I don't know, like seven bucks, which I think this thing on Amazon right now goes for like 50 or 60. So I felt pretty good about that. Uh, Okay. I got the nice guys here on Blu-ray. This is an underrated movie. Let me tell you, Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, written and directed by Shane Black, uh, creator of Lethal Weapon, who also wrote The the Last Boy Scout. That is another underlooked buddy cop movie, detective movie. Uh, and, And this one follows in that track, but also has some fresh Uh, new ideas for the detective genre and it's a little bit of a period piece too because I believe it takes place during the 1970s but I also could be a little bit off in that time frame somebody could correct me Uh, but it's a it's a really fun uh, it's just a really fun detective movie Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling they have really great chemistry with one another Uh, Matt Bomer's in the movie. Uh, and then the the girl that plays his kid in the movie, I always try to give her credit. Uh, I think it's is it Andree Rice, I th- I think so. If that's not her name, somebody can tell me. But she's really funny, really really funny in the movie. And and this movie is just it's it's quirky. Um, but it's also, it's also original. So for all the, all those people out there that are like, oh, like there's never an original movie out there. Well, I uh, hate to tell you, but the nice guys is an original movie. So check it out. Check it out. If you like a good, uh, buddy cop movie, detective movie, uh, comedies, anything like that. I really, really think you're going to like that movie. Okay, October, it's not here yet, but it's around the corner, and every October I feel like I end up popping in this movie, and that's The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp. <clears throat> uh, this this is a film by Roman Polanski, which, you know, let, let's not talk about, let's not go there with, with what people like to talk about Roman Polanski for, but just talking about him as a filmmaker, uh, he's exceptional in this movie. And and Johnny Depp, it's it's one of my, I don't know, I guess I guess I would say this is a favorite performance of of mine of his, or yeah of mine of his. What the hell? What the hell am I saying? A favorite Johnny Depp movie. Okay, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, the Ninth Gate. It's uh, Johnny Depp. He plays this guy named Dean Corso. He is a rare book dealer that gets hired on to look into finding one of the last copies of the Nine Gates of the Shadow Kingdom. Uh, essentially it's the Bible by Satan or it's a it's a demonic series of manuscripts and so it goes into this like weird seedy underworld of rare book collecting uh, and then satanic worshiping and and there's a lot of like really big weird existential questions that get asked in the movie and, and the end of the movie is certainly a I mean it's a bit of it's it screws with your head that's for sure right <clears throat> I I don't think that you could watch this movie and just like straight up interpret the ending and just be like, Oh yeah, that's totally what happened. Uh, it's one of those movies. So if you like Johnny Depp, you like a good spooky movie to watch around Halloween time, this would definitely be right up your alley. I think. Okay. I got Noel, uh, with Penelope Cruz, Susan Sarandon, Paul Walker, and Alan Arkin. I'll I'll be real. Uh, this movie's not good. (laughs) Uh, it's really not that good. Uh, I got it because I'm a fan of Paul Walker. Uh, I haven't seen all his movies and this was one of those ones where I was like, oh, okay. Like it's got a good cast. I like Paul Walker in it. Perhaps I will like it. Uh, and while I do think this movie had some nice ideas, uh, around it, it's, it's a bit, it's kind of a letdown because some of the writing's a little sloppy, uh, a little bit corny uh, and some of the conveniences that happen in the plot. Um, and it's, it's just. Eh, I don't know. It's not that good. Uh, though, though, strangely enough, actually Robin Williams is in this movie and he's not credited in the movie though. I he's in the movie for more than just like two, three minutes. He's in it for a a fairly long time. Um, in kind of a strange role, a little bit mysterious, but I don't know. I I, I'm sure somebody out there probably likes this movie. I it's going to sit on the shelf. I, I don't really know if I'm ever going to watch it again, Paul Walker is certainly not terrible in it, uh, but it's just one of those kind of plot contrives, uh, you know, strangers in New York meet each other on a, on a mysterious night and a bunch of stuff happens. One of those things, and I, I've just seen it done better, so I, I guess that's what i got to say about that. Okay. I think I'm, yeah, I'm going in the right order on this uh oceans it is a documentary a disney nature documentary narrated by pierce brosnan it's got waves it's got fish got jellyfish sharks uh and just generally speaking if you like to watch nature docs and you're fascinated with how the world works especially underwater you would probably enjoy this movie and that that's why i have it so every once in a while i'll be in the mood for this or just documentaries nature documentaries in general uh i actually really like. I just like documentaries as a whole. Um, they're very fascinating. So if you like this sort of thing, uh, I would check it out. But yeah, I got I got Disney Nature Oceans. All right. Well, I got a classic here. Office Space. you uh, blue. Uh, See Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and need you to continue on talking about the Blu-ray. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So office space, what can I tell you about this? It's actually a movie that I'm surprised has never been remade. Uh, it's, that's actually really surprising to me because the concept is, I'd say universal. A lot of people hate office jobs, hate corporate, uh, big corporations that don't give a shit about the little man. Uh, So there's, there's universal themes in there that still hold up today, but where I think a remake would actually be worth it for this is just how much the workplace has changed since the technology of this movie. Like there's not really like fax machines that get used. Uh, You have smartphones now you have zoom, you have so many different things. So I feel like if, if Mike judge or, or somebody that he would give his blessing to could take a, a crack at this material and update it it could be one of the few cases where I would actually say a remake would be a decent idea for this. Um, but, but you know, if it never happens, that's not a big deal because if the movie just got left alone, that's perfectly fine. It's endlessly quotable. It still holds up to this day, even with stuff being changed in the work world. Uh, there's still stuff in this movie. That's just really, really funny. So off the space. Uh, okay. I got old from M night Shyamalan ding dong. I, I say that when it's a movie of M night Shyamalan's that I don't really care about. And, and that's this movie. I have the 4k of it and I got it at a, it was also at a used thrift store, uh, a, a used thrift store. And I was a little surprised because if I remember right, I got it for like only like six bucks. And it had only been out, I think, like maybe like two weeks for the 4K, and I was like, why? Why is this so cheap? Well, after giving it a watch, I could kind of see that. Um, this is a movie I really want. I I wanted to like. That's that's the thing that hurts with this movie is I went into it with expectations of, wow, this premise is really cool. It's simple. It's one of those singular uh, singular location movies. Uh, you know, where just something's happening in one space. Those can be done really effectively. Um, But I'll just tell you what, this movie, it's like, I'm just, I'm trying to think how do I describe what I didn't like about the movie. It's the concept is great, but it's like they, they give the viewer almost too much. It's like they, 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 they feed it to you a little too much. They actually could have gone more ambiguous on this and it would have been actually more terrifying, I think. But then by the time the ending rolls around, which I guess, you know, M. Night, he's known for his his twist endings. By the time the quote-unquote twist happens for this, to me, it just kind of completely deflates the, the tension and everything that got built for the movie. Like, it leaves no room for mystery for the audience. You're just like, oh, okay, well, I guess it was that the whole time, and there's that, and that. Okay, story's over. I, to me, it's a shame. I don't think they needed that. They could have just kept this... Uh, on the mysterious front, didn't need to answer as many of the questions and it would have been, I think equally, if not more effective, um, as far as a, you know, suspense thriller goes. So it's a shame. It's a shame that this movie, uh, is not better in my opinion, but Hey, uh, I'm sure somebody out there, uh, they might like this movie, but for me, it's going to sit on the shelf cause, uh, well, I, I, I have other M night Shyamalan movies. Will I ever watch this movie again? I doubt it, but if somebody was telling me, "Hey, can I watch that one M Night Shyamalan movie where people age really fast on a beach and they want to watch it?" Like this is the kind of movie I'd be like, "Sure, you can. You can borrow it for a day and let me know what you think." Because other than that, it's going to serve as a coaster in my collection. Uh, old school. You're my boy, Blue. You're my boy, and you're my Blu-ray too. Apparently, uh, old school. It's it's hilarious. Uh, Luke Wilson, Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, uh, Sean William Scott, and the hilarious cameo. Every time I see that Sean William Scott scene, I about piss my pants. It's that funny. Uh, th- this, is, this is a classic. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. Uh, I got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on 4K. Uh, this is Quentin Tarantino's latest movie. This is a movie that I know I... I I knew that I appreciated it the first time that I watched it. Like I knew there was a lot to behold with the attention to detail for, I think it's 1969 Los Angeles. Um, So much attention to detail and painstaking effort went to recreating the look and the vibe of the time. And I really appreciate the movie for that. The performances all the way around are also outstanding with particular mention to, uh, to Brad Pitt uh, who actually nabbed a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for this movie. Um, and this is a movie that, to me, like it gets better the more you watch it. And that's the nice thing I will say about Tarantino's movies as a whole, is sometimes they don't always land for me on first viewing, but then you, know, you just start to think about it a little bit more, and then upon rewatch you start to notice things that you didn't notice before. And then that's where you really start to appreciate the movie. So this is, I think, one of those movies that rewatch is a benefit to. Um, and, and I would definitely be happy to go back and check out this movie because there's a lot of cool things going on in it. And it's got a great cast, and and also the ending is just like Chef's Kiss, good from Tarantino. Just wah, wow. phenomenal. Uh, okay, I got only The Brave on Blu-ray. Uh, This is a movie that more people should talk about and take notice of. Uh, This is from director Joseph Kaczynski, who most recently has amassed a ginormous bucket of cash from Top Gun Maverick that he directed uh, in partnership with Tom Cruise. But yeah, I guarantee you he's rolling in the Benjamins on that one. But uh, it's from the director of Top Gun Maverick. He also did Oblivion with Tom Cruise, uh, did Tron Legacy, another underrated uh, film, in my opinion. And this is a movie that's based on a true story. Um, it's based around the, I want to make sure I get this right, the Granite Mountain Hotshots. and it was a very, very terrible forest fire that they got caught up in the middle of. But rather than just focusing solely on that event, the movie actually spends a great deal of time building them up as characters, as a team. How their occupations worked, being those hotshot firefighters, what exactly that means from local firefighters, uh, and and it really just it, it gives you a lot into it gives you a lot of insight into the to to the risk that these people put their put themselves through and their and and their communities through. I shouldn't say that. not their, not their communities, but it's the risk that they themselves get put through for the benefit of their community. Um, So if you are anybody that has an appreciation for first responders to I mean, whether it's nature or crime or anything like that, you like anything about first responders, you would likely really enjoy this movie. Uh, Only the Brave. It's not going to be something I would say that you would want to just pop in and watch casually because it is dealing with some heavy material from time to time. But it is an impactful movie that has impeccable performances. In my opinion, uh, particularly from Miles Teller uh, and then also Josh Brolin. Uh, they're, they're fantastic in the movie. Okay, I got On the Rocks with Bill Murray, Rashida Jones. This is uh, Bill Murray's reunion with writer-director Sophia, uh, Sophia Coppola. Who famously directed him in Lost in Translation. Shout out to Lost in Translation, by the way. That is the first episode of Screenspeak. Very first uh, very first movie that I ever talked about on there is that. So definitely, definitely uh, check that episode out if you haven't. Uh, but at this movie, you know, the comparison is going to be made of is it better than Lost in Translation? No. It's not. But I also think it's not trying to be Lost in Translation. Uh, this movie is actually a close look at the relationship of a father and a daughter and setting up boundaries, uh, with your parents. I I think that's sort of what I kind of set this movie around as it's like, there's, there's never quite the love that you'll have from a parent, but at the same time, there is a, a growing that you do where you realize you don't need them maybe as much as you thought you did. And I don't really want to say any more about it than that. This is a movie that I would recommend watching. Um, And and again, you're not going to probably like it as much as Lost in Translation. uh, But if you like Bill Murray, you know, you like Rashida Jones, you like Sofia Coppola, you're you're not going to be disappointed with the movie. It is still quite enjoyable. Okay, I got to grab more movies here. So give me a moment. Uh, Okay, next one up is the 4K... I don't know if this is a collector's edition. I think it might be. It is the 4K Disney Pixar movie Onward. I believe it's got Chris Pratt and Tom Holland in the lead voice roles. Let me just double check. Uh, of course, it doesn't tell me. On. Why does not it? Oh, for God's sakes. Well, Okay, Octavia Spencer's in it. It tells me that. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Seinfeld. And uh, Veep. All right, okay, whatever. I, I'm pretty sure it's Tom Holland and, and Chris Pratt that are in this. Um, this is a movie I think I probably need to watch more than once. I think I enjoyed it for what it was. I like some of the heartfelt uh, moments uh, with brothers and talking about that bond in this type of form, in the animated form. Uh, but I remember it not being my favorite of the Pixar movies. I got this for a deal. I think it was at Target. Bought it in the clearance section for like 9 bucks. Um, looks nice, for sure. Animated movies look great on 4K, but I just, I got to go back and check this one out. I didn't really have a huge impression of it the first time I watched it. Okay. I got the DVD of Orange County because there isn't a Blu-ray to my knowledge of this movie. It's got Colin Hanks, Jack Black, Catherine O'Hara, John Lithgow. Um, oh my God, who else is in this? Uh, Lily Tomlin makes an appearance and, and Harold Ramis is uh, also rest in peace, Harold Ramis. He's in this movie. Uh, ben Stiller shows up at one point. It's chocked full of comedic goodness in this movie. I remember the the things I really remember about this movie is the soundtrack. I really enjoyed the California Beach vibe soundtrack of the movie. Uh, I also really enjoyed. Uh, oh, yeah, Kevin Klein's in this movie. Yeah, shoot. Kevin Klein. Chevy Chase pops up. Uh, sh- uh, what is it, Sean? Uh, no, no, no. I was about to say Sean White the Snowboarder, but uh, Mike White, uh, he wrote this movie, and he's in the movie as a doofus English teacher. But anyways uh this movie Jack Black he's hysterical in this movie I think this is a great coming of age comedy um, the soundtrack still really holds up to me and I just love good coming of age comedy uh, comedy and drama and this one has all all the right all the right notes that it's hidden on there so you like that sort of thing I would check it out uh, our idiot brother. This is a nice a nice Paul Rudd movie that not a lot of people will talk about that much. Um, Paul Rudd is a very likable person, and in this he just plays a bit of a uh, not a bit he plays a big doofus in this movie. But it's it's funny, Um, and it's funny. It's endearing. It's sweet. Uh, And it's not a movie that I really hear uh, a ton of people talk about, but I really enjoy this movie. I realize that's not the most insightful comment to make about it, but I've enjoyed this comedy. I've seen it a couple times. It's a good one. Uh, Let's see. I got Overlord, the 4K of Overlord. Um, This is a movie I also feel like I should watch again. It's World War II. It's got a Nazi in it there's nazis i should say uh and it's also got zombie stuff in it i think the problem that this movie had at least from a marketing standpoint is they really tried to make you think that this was going to be like call of duty nazi zombies when in reality it's not really that there is a zombie element to it but that's not like the central focus of the movie uh, it's just more of a thrill, a thrill ride of people that have to come to face to face with um, more Nazi super soldiers, but not not necessarily like zombies. It's it's not the same thing exactly. But uh, I enjoy I enjoyed this movie from the one time I watched it. I liked Wyatt Russell in it. I I think he's pretty good. Um, I enjoyed the visuals of this movie. It is also an original movie. Um, but I don't know. I felt like there could have been more. A little more, uh, what is that? Oh my god. There's a little more left to be desired. That's, that's the words I was trying to come up with. Um, so yeah, Overlord. Okay. On to the peas. The peas! Um, give me a moment here. Hang on, I gotta... Eh. You probably heard that. Can you hear this? It's con-, con condensation. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. I got Paul. Paul in my hands. The Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy. Uh, this is from the director of Superbad, Greg Matola. And also, I, I, I think I, I must have talked about this in the first collection video because it's in the A's. Adventureland is an underrated movie from Greg Matola. So, so check that out. I love Paul. Paul is really funny. I love Simon Pegg. I love Nick Frost. The rest of this cast kills it. Seth Rogen's really funny as an alien. The visuals are good. This is really just ensemble comedy. I don't want to say at its finest, but this is just a really easily enjoyable movie. Like, There's a lot of stuff to me that really works for me. A lot of great references to other pop culture things. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, uh, I think... Yeah, they, they wrote the movie, and, and you can tell because it has their distinct vibe to it. And I just love seeing the two together, and I also love a good road trip movie, so this one checks all the boxes off for that. Uh, Parasite. This was the uh, winner uh, in 2019 for Best Picture, the Academy Awards. Not just like Best Foreign Movie, but I mean Best Picture. This movie is one of those movies where like, I wish I could go back and erase my memory so I could rewatch it for the first time because <clears throat> it's, it's one of those movies that has an excellent twist. There's an excellent twist behind it. So once you know the twist after rewatching it, it's still going to be satisfying, but not nearly as much the first time. And this movie is also very smart in what it has to say about, uh, statuses of wealth uh how rich people view the world versus people that are poor and, and what that kind of perception does to one's outlook on life uh it's actually a very smart movie and uh yeah i mean that this is a movie i would happily rewatch again uh it's a great it's a great movie it's really good Uh, I got Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt. I did a full podcast on this movie, so you want to listen to my thoughts on that, go check out that episode, so I'll just leave it at that for that. Uh, Okay, Pawn Sacrifice, Tobey Maguire, Peter Sarsgaard, and Liev Schreiber. I don't know why I said his name like that. I appreciated this movie. Uh, I am not somebody that plays chess. I am not the smartest person when it comes to strategic games like that. Uh, But if you're interested in chess stories that are set during the Cold War and uh, people that have to sort of figure out how to combat their own genius slash mental health problems, this is one of those movies that I would say is up your alley. But for me, this eh, like I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But it's not something that I would cry out to be like, "Ooh, I need to go back and watch those. Uh, okay, I got The, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, this is a very sweet, very sweet movie with uh, Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, John Hawks, and uh, Zach Gatzigan, got- I want to say. And also Thomas Hayden Smith, am I saying? Or Thomas Hayden Church. I don't know why I said Smith. Um, this is like a, a modern day uh, Tom Sawyer kind of thing, uh, quite literally, because there's a raft that people float on. Um it's a it's a different movie for sure, but I can't deny all the performances in the movie are really good. Uh, in particular, from Shia LaBeouf, uh, I think he's it's one of his best movies that he's put out in a long time. Uh, and so, yeah, what else would I want to say about this movie? I don't know. It's a it's a very sweet, wholesome movie. Okay, this next one is Perks of Being a Wallflower. This is the rare case where an author of a book took his own book and not only wrote it for the screen, but also directed it. And I don't think he had ever directed a movie before. So all in all, that's pretty crazy to see, but this movie it's fantastic. It, it really, really is. If you want all too relatable not, not all too relatable, but for myself, this is all too relatable of a, of a high school drama. Um, but, but this movie it's, it's smart. It's funny. It's tragic at times, but also very real, and it it pulls on some pretty some pretty big emotional strings sometimes. All the while, uh, telling a good message in that life is life is short, it moves fast, and there will be times in your life where you won't wanna you won't wanna leave them, but you'll have to sometimes. Uh, I don't know. That's that's my crock, crackpot analogy for this movie. So. Perks of being a wallflower. There we go. Uh, okay, I got one more movie I got to talk about, and then I'm actually going to do something that I haven't done before. I got to do a pause on this episode because I actually got to run out here. Um, me and my wife, we're going to go have dinner at a friend of ours house. Uh, they they offered to, to have us come over to their house so that we could sit and socialize and you know, just talk it up before before this big wedding day gets here. So I'm gonna come back and record the the latter half of this episode here in a moment. But before I do that, I will tell I will tell you all about Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. Quick thoughts on Pirates: the whole franchise. This movie is the only one I care about. I, in all honesty, I I know the second and third one. They have their own merits. I get that. And I know other people would argue that the other sequels do, but for me, it never got better than the first one. I've seen all the other movies. I trust me. I have, Uh, I don't own them all. This is the only one that to me is worth owning or watching. Uh, It's a great movie. Johnny Depp kills it. Uh, I don't know what else to say about this movie In that I love the first one. Don't give a crap about any of the others. So that's my opinion on pirates of the Caribbean, the curse of the black Pearl. Alright everybody, I'm back. What started as a moment actually turned out to be a like a day, I think. Yeah, it was about a whole day since I, I, I did a pause in this episode. I thought I was going to be able to come back and record the second half of this uh, later that day. Turned out that was not the case. I was there actually relatively late at our family friend's house socializing with my wife. But hey, I'm back and let's just get right back into the movies. All right, so I gotta pull out. Uh, gotta pull up some. Not pull out, but I gotta pull up some more movies. So give me a moment. Uh, okay, I'm grabbing them. I'm grabbing them. <laughs> well, they sound like that. I don't know. All right, <laughs> here we go. Uh, I have Planet of the Apes, the 4K trilogy. Uh, apes together, strong. And I would also say Apes Together on 4K also is a strong trilogy. That's the dumbest <laughs> that's the dumbest segue I've done. Uh, okay, the Planet of the Apes new trilogy. Uh, this includes Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, all three of these are excellent movies. If I have to say one is the best, I'm going to say Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is my favorite of these Uh, But really, these movies are fantastic. The effects are incredible. The uh, motion capture work by Andy Serkis and his performance is amazing. And this is, I think, one of the best trilogies that's come out in, I don't know, like the last decade. I mean, it's been a long time, but I mean, this, this is truly a phenomenal trilogy and one that I am super stoked to have on 4K. So Planet of the Apes. Okay, hang on, I'm making sure that I don't put these out of order. All right, I think I can just do it like that. Yes, I can. Uh, all right, I have Planet Earth 2 on 4K, narrated by the great David Attenborough. That's a terrible impression. Uh, I told you before with the Disney nature documentary on oceans that I like documentaries, uh, particularly nature ones. And this is a pretty phenomenal one to have on 4K. Definitely reference disc quality for those that would want to uh, impress upon others why 4K is a superior format over Blu-ray. This would be a great disc to, uh, to make that case. So Planet Earth 2. Here we go. Uh, whatever. It'll be fine. Uh, I got Point Break on Blu-ray. I don't think there is a 4K of this just yet, but there really should be. Uh, this is a bank robbery classic. Got Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, uh, 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 G- uh, Gary Gary Busey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fantastic cast in this movie. Um, trying to think what I can say about this. Some of it is over the top, but I actually think it does just the right amount over over the top while still maintaining a somewhat realistic story and I still make the argument to this day that this movie is the entire basis around the Fast and the Furious franchise at least the first one I mean literally take the plot of the first Fast and Furious movie uh change it out for surfboarders and you know a couple little plot changes here and there but you have essentially the same movie uh even I mean even Paul Walker's character Brian O'Connor in another world you could have seen that being played by Keanu Reeves let's be real All right, point break. Yeah, that's not working. The pile I made to put down was not working. Uh, Planes, trains, and automobiles, the Blu-ray. I actually think this recently came out on 4K. Let me, you know what, let me check because I am thinking about it right now and I gotta find out. Let's see, planes, trains, and automobiles, 4K. I want to say there is a 4K but I could be mistaken. Oh, uh, okay, wait. Let's see if this is accurate. According to blu-ray.com, it is going to come on 4K format on November 8th of this year. That would be good timing. Is this correct? Oh, I want to say. Okay, yeah, yes. It is coming out in November. So, for anyone that's a fan of this movie, Planes, Trains and Automobiles is coming to 4K on uh, one source is saying November 8th, I, the other one just said November, what did I just say? Oh yeah, November 8th, I guess that's, that's okay, it's consistent. November 8th, uh, Planet of, uh, I was about to say Planet of the Apes, that's another P title, forgive me. Um, Alright, I did a whole podcast on this episode uh, with my friend Kim Harford. If you want to check out all my thoughts on that, go back, take a look at that episode. Uh, this is a holiday classic, it's a must own for anybody that likes uh, good, soft, feel good movies and the late great John Candy. All right. Uh, next up we got Ponyo. Uh, this is a studio Ghibli film. It is, uh, directed by the great Hayao. I'm sorry if I say his name wrong. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki. I may be mispronouncing that. I'm not sure. There's a terrific voice cast in this movie that includes Kate Blanchett, Matt Damon, Tina Fey, Cloris Leachman, Liam Neeson, uh, Betty Whites in this art, uh, rest in peace. A uh, lot of great talent in this, but it's also a beautifully animated anime movie. And, and I'm not somebody that typically really gets too excited about a lot of anime, but... Uh, Anime, just as a genre and and a topic, is is a really interesting one. One that I could actually probably do a full podcast on if I found the right movie to talk about around it. Uh, So maybe one day. But for now, what I'll say is that Ponyo, uh, it is a very cute, family-friendly movie. Uh, Anybody could watch this movie. And this is uh, inspired, I'm just reading the front of it here, the front of the Blu-ray, It's inspired by the classic Hans Christian Andersen story, The Little Mermaid. So it has a definite, uh, uh, I can't say this. It's obviously very reminiscent to The Little Mermaid. So if you like The Little Mermaid and you like anime, I suppose I would check out this movie. But it's a cool one. And I I also like uh, Hayao Miyazaki. I've seen a few of his other films that he's done. And I think he is a, a genius. So there you go. Uh, Okay, got Predestination with Ethan Hawke. This is a real, I I don't want to, I'm not going to say cult classic, but it's definitely a cult hit science fiction movie, a low budget independent science fiction movie. Um, It's it's trippy. This is a a tough one to wrap your head around, but I think if you like challenging, thought provoking science fiction movies and you like Ethan Hawke, uh, you're really going to enjoy this movie. It's also an original movie. So anybody that wants to see original content, check that out. Uh, I enjoyed this movie. I I don't know if it's going to be one that I would want to revisit a lot. uh, Because it's also one of those movies that once you know the the main twists, it's not ultimately as revealing. But man, for a first time watch, it'll screw with your head. I'll just put it to you that way. Alright, we got the classic. This one is definitely a classic. The Princess Bride. I have the Blu-ray of this. There is a Criterion edition of this movie, possibly a 4K, but I'm not 100% certain. Uh, But what I'll say is that this is one of those universally loved movies for good reason. Uh, This movie puts a a smile on my face most any time that I watch it. It's very rewatchable, has a lot of originality and creativity in it, and a lot of heart, uh, and a terrific ensemble cast. So, Prince spread. Okay, I got prisoners. Uh, this is the very first movie I ever saw from director Denis Villeneuve. Uh, he is now helming the Dune franchise at the moment, working on part two. But this is this is a I mean this is a fantastic movie. I mean you got Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Viola Davis, Maria Bello, Terrence Howard, Melissa Leo, Paul Dano. Uh, I mean that's a stacked cast right there, and this is just a terrific. Uh, this is a a terrific thriller. Uh, especially I feel like if you were a parent watching this movie, it would be even more difficult to watch because it is about child uh, abduction and and trying to solve uh, a crime like that. I, I don't want really, I don't really want to give away too much of this movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, but it's it's intense and I will also say Hugh Jackman in particular goes, he goes dark in this movie and it is definitely on that ambiguity level where you're like, yeah, like you can say like what he's doing is over the line. But if you put yourself in that situation, the things he's doing are, I mean, you get it. I'll, I'll just say that. So check this movie out. It's uh it's awesome. And yeah, I'm trying to actually think as far as Denny Villeneuve movies go, Ooh, this one's up there. Um, but my favorite of of Denis Villeneuve is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, that that movie just mm. he did so much with the Blade Runner, um, the lore and the story, and and did what many thought to be impossible, which was deliver a worthy sequel of a science fiction classic. Uh, so he, to me, he skyrocketed to A list director status after he did that movie for me. Okay, Prometheus. Okay. A lot of thoughts on Prometheus, actually. Um, this is one of those love-hate movies, I, if I had to describe it. Because there's a lot to love, ultimately. Ridley Scott revisits the franchise that I would say arguably made him a household name, which is Alien. Uh, he comes back to the franchise and makes a frustratingly satisfying science fiction movie. I say again it's love hate frustratingly satisfying because there are parts of this movie that are so brilliant with the originality behind it the existential questions that it asks the the set design uh, the meticulous attention to detail around certain things the 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 thrills genuine thrills that go with it and the scope of the movie it's all beautiful but there is some real questionable script writing i think in this movie Uh, As well as just certain things that happen in the story that ultimately it can underwhelm I think what the movie was trying to reach for at the end and I and I really liked what the movie was going for and I think what also frustrates me equally on this is that Alien Covenant the sequel that they ended up doing for this it. It almost even further undermined what this first one was trying to to come across. and and that to me is disappointing when a second part of a thing is gonna ultimately take away from that first one. Uh, that's what I feel for this, but but all that said, uh, I do actually like to go back and revisit this movie because it is still quite enjoyable. I like the cast. I like the questions that it's asking. And I like that the movie is not just spoon feeding me uh, a clear ending. So uh, I don't know. I'd be curious actually to have somebody on to talk about Prometheus because there's a lot of interesting things that are in this movie. But it's it's a mixed bag. <clears throat> Uh, okay. This one is a lesser known film, uh, that I picked up from, uh, where, where did I buy this? I think it was Amazon. Uh, I have the public. This is a Blu-ray. This is Emilio Estevez, uh, movie. Uh, it's got a great cast as well. You got Alec Baldwin, Emilio Estevez, uh, Christian Slater, Jeffrey Wright, uh, Mike, the late, great Michael K. Williams. Uh, there's a lot of lot of talent in this movie, and the premise of it is is certainly one that is uh, has a lot of social uh, commentary, I'd say, behind it because it's dealing with homelessness in a city, and it's asking the moral question of what do we as citizens and the society have an obligation or duty to help out our fellow man that is down? Uh, very interesting questions that it poses with it, but. The thing that kind of took away from this uh, movie for me is that some of the writing was kind of corny, if if I'm being really real. Uh, I don't know, like I wanted to like this movie a lot more because of the, the interesting premise and the, you know, you know the relatability of, of it tying into real homeless problems in, in our country and the world for that matter. Uh, but it just, it's, it's okay. I don't, I don't hate this movie, but a, I, I have a feeling this is not something I'm going to go back and revisit. Okay. Uh, this next one, I have gone back actually several times and revisited and that's Michael Mann's public enemies. Uh, now to be real with you all, the first time I watched this movie, I didn't really enjoy it, actually. I I thought that it was, like, kind of bloated and a little long, and it didn't really deliver as much as I wanted it to, I guess, I felt from, like, a character perspective, but I don't know what it is about this movie. I've gone back and revisited it now several times, and I just keep finding new, interesting details to appreciate about it, and that's, I think, something that comes with Michael Mann's films is he is an extremely meticulously detailed filmmaker and to the trained eye somebody that understands the the level of, of effort that he puts in and, and again being authentic as possible uh, you will find a lot to appreciate with this movie and also from a historical accuracy standpoint I find it to be very close in line with what I have known uh, and learned about John Dillinger since researching this movie uh, Johnny Depp I think it's uh, one of his better movies in the last few years. Christian Bale's great. Marion Cotillard, she's great. Uh, Stephen Lang's in this movie. Uh, Billy Crudup's in this movie. The underrated Billy credup uh, There's a fantastic cast to this, but again, what stands out for me in this movie is just how real this movie feels. And I love Michael Mann's camera work. I, I would actually love to... I would love to sit with Michael Mann and, and many filmmakers, honestly, and pick their brains about their process. But Michael Mann's somebody that I'd like love to have a conversation with him and his DP and just figure out how he gets his look to be so uniquely his. Because I, I know when I watch a Michael Mann movie, there, there's no mistake. I'm like, it's Michael Mann. I, I know it within a few minutes in that this is a Michael Mann film. And that is a true testament and compliment to the filmmaker that they are able to stand out so much just on visuals alone. Uh, so Michael Mann is is a great filmmaker, one of my favorites. And and Public Enemies, I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie by by Michael Mann. That's that's got to be Heat. But this is still a, a terrific bank robbery movie, and and one that's uh, a bit tragic as well. <clears throat> All right. Okay, that's supposed to be the that one song from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> uh, I got Pulp Fiction on Blu-ray. Uh, I mean, this is an absolute classic. It's still arguably Quentin Tarantino's best movie. So many interchanging storylines, so much terrific acting, so many terrific moments from Bring Out the Gimp, and uh, oh god, the you know the the sequences with the wolf. Uh, you have the diner sequence as well, and how it brilliantly ties back to, at the end of the movie, uh, the wallet that Samuel Jackson carries. I, I could go on and on about the, the creative, um, just impressive display of talent that's in this movie. Uh, that, I mean, it's, it's Pulp Fiction, guys. I mean, come on. If you have not seen Pulp Fiction, like, what are you doing? See, see Pulp Fiction. Uh, okay. I got The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Fantastic Will Smith movie, Uh, you know, say what you will about him and his personal life and all that stuff that went down with the slap hurt around the world, but this is a phenomenal movie, and I would also say that this is a movie that, while hard to watch, I think it's worth entirely, uh, it's entirely worth a rewatch, especially if you need a pick-me-up, and yes, I do say a pick-me-up, even though there's a lot of hard shit that this guy has to deal with. But this is ultimately one of the most uplifting, real, true stories of the, the struggle that, that many people go through to find stability in their lives, but ultimately freedom. And, and, and this movie is it's, it's great. It's a very touching film. Uh, okay, I, got, I, I have A Quiet Place on 4K. This is a great movie. Great, great movie. The sequel, it's not as great as the first one, but it's still very much a worthy sequel, I would say. Uh, I guess they're working on a prequel right now and and possibly a spinoff series I've heard rumblings about. I I don't know if that's true, Uh, but in any case, A Quiet Place, even if you just watch the first movie, I promise you, you will be satisfied. It is an original premise. It has uh, very, very clever sound design and, and it's a, uh, it's a simple story that doesn't need to be overly complicated for what it's trying to do. And <clears throat> excuse me, this movie's goal is to put you on the edge of your seat and make you jump. And it does that. <clears throat> uh, I have the raid collection, so I have this on Blu-ray. I have the raid and the raid Two. Uh, if you are into martial arts movies, uh, in particular, this is a, I want to say these are Taiwanese actors. I want to, Indonesian. I'm such a, I'm such a moron. Uh, look at the cast of the raid, check out these movies. These are some of the greatest, uh, fight choreography movies made in recent memory. Uh, if I'm if I'm being, if I'm, ignore that. Ignore it, okay? It's late at the time that I'm recording this, so just deal with it. (laughs) Um, If I'm going to give my honest uh, reaction for each of these, I like the Raid 1 better than the Raid 2, but that's not to say that the Raid 2 does not have some kick-ass moments in it, because it most certainly does. Alright, I'm grabbing a few more movies here, but then I'm almost done uh, with... This episode and I'll slap it all together and you will hopefully listen to the entire thing or I don't know. You know, what? if you didn't make it to this point, I'm not going to hold it against you. But if you're listening still right now, you know, what? I, I I like you even more and, and I appreciate you. All right. I'm grabbing some more. Ugh. Okay, let's go. I got Ratatouille uh, on 4K. This is a phenomenal 4K. It's about a mouse. He likes to make food. Uh, or is he a rat? Is he a rat? Oh my gosh, someone tell me, is the, is the rat, or is it, oh my gosh, I just realized how dumb I am. It's called Ratatouille, not Mousatouille, you dummy. Okay, well, I answered my own question with, uh, oh god, sorry, I'm like all over the place here, I'm dropping movies, I was trying to say I answered my question with, uh, question. Does anyone get what I'm trying to say? Maybe not. I don't know. Let's keep going. Uh, ready player one, uh, on 4k phenomenal looking 4k. It is a good Steven Spielberg movie. I'm not going to say it's great, but it's good. Uh, this is a case that I'll say I like the book uh, a little bit better, but it's still a very well, it's, it's still a very well put together adaptation of the book. Uh, I want to say actually that, let me just double check this. Yes, Ernest Cline, the original author of the book, did help to write the screenplay with Zach Penn. Um, so there are some things that I wish would have carried over more from the book, but it's hard for me to really argue against that when the writer is so clearly involved in the movie, and, and I, I think he got his vision. Uh, but I I enjoy this movie. It's It's got a lot of Easter eggs in it. There's a lot it has to say about the about our reliance on on technology right now and how we, uh, dare I say, are a little bit too consumed by it all. And that we just got to give ourselves a break to really appreciate what's going on in the world. But also, video games and VR are pretty cool. All right. Uh, Reign of Fire. Why do I feel like I did a podcast on Reign of Fire? Did I do that? I, gotta... I, know I, I know I made a YouTube video on Reign of Fire. I'm going back to my... Uh, to my podcast episodes here to just backtrack because I'm like, I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast, but I'm scrolling. Scrolling right now. Let me see. Just give me a moment here. Eh, eh, I'm going back, going back, going back, still scrolling back. You know what? No, I never talked about Rain of Fire on the podcast, but for the hardcore fans of ScreenSpeak and anybody that knows me and my previous content that I've made out there, uh, I have a video that I made a long time ago about my thoughts of Reign of Fire, so if somebody wants to try to dig for that, uh, you're more than welcome to, but what I'll say for now, for people that aren't going to do that, this is a really, really cool concept of a movie. Matthew McConaughey is a badass. Christian Bale, before he got really Batman famous... Uh and it is a, a really really well done movie and also the effects in this still really hold up considering when it was made uh like it, it's just it's a badass movie. Ooh, okay. This next one I'm holding in my hand, I I'm not even going to joke about it because I have a lot of personal attachment to it is Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle. This is a movie that I, I've, I'm i sure I have said this before about many movies that I do uh, talk about in these collection videos where I'm just going through them fast. But Rain Over Me is one that I absolutely need to do a, a deep dive on um, because I have a lot of thoughts to share on it. This, this is a movie that I think actually got me through some, some difficult times in my own life. And I don't really want to elaborate on that in, in this episode, but th- this is a movie that really helped me out. And I think it's a beautiful film and, and one of my absolute personal favorites of, of Adam Sandler's. Okay. The replacements. Great, great fun football movie. Keanu Reeves, Gene Hackman ensemble, dirty dozen style type movie with uh, football players having a good time and a bunch of stripper cheerleaders. What's not to like about that? Remember the Titans, another football movie. Uh, this one, I would say, is a universally praised movie, but also rightfully so. You got the great Denzel Washington. Uh, you also have Will Patton, underrated, in my opinion, as an actor. Uh, but th- this is a really feel-good, great, true story film. Uh, and it's inspiring, and it is a, it's a timeless The story feels timeless to me when I think of this movie, and it also has a really good soundtrack. So yeah, check out Remember the Titans. Uh, Oh, The Revenant on 4K. Leonardo DiCaprio gets messed up by that bear, and it is a difficult watch, but also a beautiful, beautiful 4K. And I just think if you like, I mean, Jeremiah Johnson type movies, like real man against nature films... Uh, you're going to have nothing, but, uh, nothing, but I don't, is a good time. The right thing to say for this movie, because it's, it's intense. It's an entertaining time. I'll say that, uh, you know, what? I'll just go with what is being said on the front of this 4k and that it's spectacular in every sense of the word. And that's a an excerpt from Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. Uh, okay. This one's a DVD, yeah, there may very well be a Blu-ray of this, but I, I've just never upgraded it. Uh, that is The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville. Now, this is an interesting one because I have a feeling, it's just, just a hunch, but I have a feeling that there would be some people that would argue that, well, this movie, can't, could you could never make that today. Oh my gosh, it makes fundamentally challenged people. Now, look, I'm not going to get into a debate with myself or the Screenspeak audience about about this question. Uh, what I will say is that I do not think that this movie is trying to negatively capture or, or negatively disparage anybody that is mentally ill or has special needs or, 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 anything like that. The movie actually is very smart in my opinion about how it goes about uh, taking a person that really has no regard for people in that community and actually uh, start to see the error of his ways and realize that, you know what, these people are not just special intellectually, uh, they're actually pretty special people, and some of them are pretty brave for dealing with the things that they have to deal with. But all that said, this isn't like some drama or anything like that. Like, make no mistake, this is absolutely a comedy. Uh, Brian Cox is in this movie as well, in a great supporting role. It plays a very shitty family member that's a gambling addict. But I, I uh, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. And, uh, yeah, i you know, I said it, I like this movie. Okay. Another DVD I have, which I, I think they have a blu-ray of this. I'm not sure. And that's, uh, Dennis Quaid in the rookie. Uh, this is a true baseball story movie. If you like, uh, good, solid family sports films, you could probably watch this. And also Brian Cox is in this movie as well. And he also plays a kind of shitty family member. Hmm. I wonder if he's just really good at doing that. And in any case, he's a great actor. And I've been told I need to watch him in that uh, HBO show Succession. But, I mean, I, I, got a, I got a life and I'm like really busy right now. So, one day perhaps I'll talk about that. But in the meantime, I'll just continue to talk about movies. Uh, okay. I got The Rock. Uh, this, this is, is, I think, Michael Bay's best movie. I mean, you got Sean Connery, rest in peace, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris, uh, Michael Beans in this as well, William Forsythe, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what else I was going to say about this. It is the epitome of 90s action, Nicolas Cage in the height. I don't want to say the height, but he's in a prime of his career for sure. Uh him and Sean Connery have terrific uh terrific chemistry and Ed Harris also plays one of the most relatable villains uh I can remember in movies. And it's just it's oh god, this movie's badass. I love this movie. Uh, I don't know, it's uh, it ain't about doing it, best. it's about owning the Rocky collection on Blu-ray. <laughs> okay. Uh I have Rocky, the heavyweight collection on Blu-ray, so I gotta rattle off everything that's in this. So we got Rocky, Rocky 2, II, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, Rocky 5, and Rocky Balboa. So it has all the uh, Rocky films, scene Creed, Creed 2, and soon-to-be uh, Creed 3. Uh, Rocky is an inspiration. And I know it's been said about this movie, this franchise before, but it's... It's so true. This movie has helped, I think, a lot of people. It is the epitome of a classic underdog story. And Sylvester Stallone is rightfully so, I think, praised in every way for all the work he put in to bringing this character to life. All right, got a couple more here and then we'll be done with this part. I I hate to tell you, but there's going to be another part, uh, I think part six. Yeah, part six, so... I'm looking at my collection right now. I think I could get this done in two more parts if I tried hard. So I'll I'll do my best. Uh, role Models on Blu-ray. Uh, classic comedy. Sean William Scott. I love the guy. Wishy, I would see him in more films. But hey, I'm happy when I do see him. Paul Rudd. He plays such a cynical ass in this movie, but does it in the best way possible. Elizabeth Banks. Super funny. It's a David Wayne film. So if you like Wet Hot American Summer, uh, you've probably seen this movie. In any case, it's great. Uh, I love that it's adults being more realistic about how adults are around children. I'm not saying everybody acts like Paul Rudd or Sean William Scott, but let's be real. We have all probably cursed in front of a child at one point or another, or at least I have because I might just be a terrible person. <clears throat> all right. Uh, rounders, I have talked about this on the podcast, so I'm just going to move on past it and just say to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, best poker movie that's ever been made until they make a better one, I guess. Uh, Rudy, 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 Rudy. Okay. I got the Rudy Blu-ray classic, classic sports film. Jerry Goldsmith score for this movie. It gets me every time when I see, uh, him run out to the field for the first time and his dad gets up in the, sta- in the stay uh, the stadium, Ah, brings a tear to your eye. Uh, I have The Rundown. It's also another movie with Sean William Scott. And this is The Rock, while he still looked relatively normal and not like a roided out psychopath. uh, I'm sure maybe he could say he's natural right now, but I I really don't think so. He's got to be on like a thousand supplements and God knows how many roids. I could be mistaken, and hey, I, I, I don't want to you know say it's a bad thing. The guy clearly is killing it, making tons of movies that a lot of people like. He's a likable dude. I'm sure I would be starstruck if I met The Rock and his gigantic Hulk size that he has. Uh, but what I'll say is that as far as action adventure movies go, this one's really fun. Christopher Walken's in it as a, a really despicable villain. Uh, it has great choreography. Uh, Ewan Bremmer's in it. Rosario Dawson's in it. Uh, it's in a jungle, tropical setting. There's a treasure, a uh, treasure hunt that's happening at the same time. A uh, lot of cool, fun stuff in this movie. And a fun cameo by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, the last movie that I'm going to be talking about here is actually three. It is a three-pack. It is the Rush Hour trilogy. Rush Hour 1, 2, and 3. Lee! Lee! I'm going to kill you, Lee! That's my terrible Chris Tucker impression. Uh, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Uh, I, I love this movie. I love buddy cop movies. I love buddy comedy movies. And the Rush Hour films are among the best of those. And I will I will argue that all three of these movies are good in their own way. Some people will say Rush Hour 1 is the best because it's the most grounded and not as jokey as the others. Some will say Rush Hour 2 is the best because of them going to uh, is it Hong Kong or China, somewhere over there, and uh, it just being a better version of it. And then some people try to tell me that the third one is the worst. I don't agree with that. I, I think they all have their own unique qualities to them. And the pairing of Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan is genius. Uh, I don't think I would actually like to see them come back for a fourth one. I, I felt like they ended things at a good place with the third one. And I, I just, I, I adore each of these movies. They're a lot of fun. Uh, good, good martial arts. Jackie Chan's an absolute legend. Um, so worthy, by the way, of him receiving, uh, not worthy, but it was so, he was so deserving of receiving that Lifetime Achievement Oscar a few years back. Uh, what What a treat. What a, what a, just a, Ugh, a true treasure for, for cinema. He, he's done so much. And and Chris Tucker, I like, I like him a lot too, though. I, I did <laughs> random thing about Chris Tucker. I was reading uh, recently that he was one of the people that was on Epstein's uh, plane, uh, like flight log or whatever. I think it was just once. And it, I don't know if I explicitly saw that he flew to the weird, like pedo Island that he had. Uh, I don't know. Someone can correct me on that, but I hope I hope he didn't do anything weird there, but in any case, I'm just talking about the movie. Uh, I thought he was great in this movie. So that's that. All right. <clears throat> we did it. We got through talking about uh, part five of my movie collection. Uh, sorry to tell you, but maybe not sorry if you've been enjoying the series on the podcast. I probably have at least two more parts of this in order to get through my entire movie collection. So, uh, I'm trying to think. Why did I just have a pause there? I don't know. It, I'm recording this towards the end of the day. My brain's almost dead, so just bear with me. All right. If you enjoyed that, or if you... Oh, my gosh. Why can't I talk? Why did my voice just freak out? Whatever. I'm just going to keep going. <clears throat> If you enjoyed this episode of Screen Speak, uh, please consider hitting the follow button on the podcast app whatever you're listening to this on. Just go ahead and please hit the follow button so that you don't miss out on another episode. Check out the Instagram. Check out the Facebook community. Email the podcast if you want to. Uh, screenspeakpodcast at gmail.com that's all the plugs I got for you. But I really, I really, once again, I appreciate everybody for coming by and and listening to the content. More good content is coming down the way. Got more guests coming. Uh, So that's it. I'm just dragging this out at this point. So I'll catch you all in the next episode. Take care.